When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Check it out. Mic check, one, two, one, two. What's good, everybody? Jason Jones. This is the Ruler of the Court podcast where I talk Sacramento Kings, NBA, hip-hop, and whatever comes to mind. Been gone for a minute, took some time off this summer. Had some things, some traveling to do. Wasn't around for about the last month or so. Then last week, when I thought I was going to jump back on here, uh, wasn't feeling too good. Uh, Thankfully, the COVID test, the multiple tests I took were negative. That's what I thought it was because I had been in Vegas for the National Association of Black Journalists Conference. And I think we all know that a lot of these conferences that are opening up have been the source of people catching COVID. And I had been to Vegas. I had been to Charlotte last month for my the Omega Sci-Fi Grand Conclave. So a lot of traveling, a lot of different places. But I also have allergy issues. And I, that's what ended up being allergies that led to a <coughs> excuse me, you know, basically a runny nose cough type thing. It's something I've dealt with before so it wasn't entirely new but hey these days and times you never really know what you got going on so feeling better meant to jump on like I said at the end of last week to talk about the King's coaching staff my thoughts on that but gonna skip all that pretty much and just talk about uh, the one and only the legendary Pete Carrill uh, as I'm recording this on a Monday night uh, Kochi, as he's known around these uh, these parts around Northern California, died at the age of 92. The uh, legendary Princeton coach, you know, inventor of the Princeton offense, the offense he brought to Sacramento, which helped turn around the Kings franchise under Rick Adelman and helped spark some of the best play or, yeah, some of the best play in Sacramento history. And something that really hasn't been duplicated since. So, just kind of want to share some, uh, some some thoughts on him. And, like I said, I really get into the Kings, per se, what's going on. It's summertime. Who really cares? You know, yeah, they sign a guy here and there. But coach, he's been on my mind a lot all day. I got to know him. Early in my days on the, on the Kings beat, um, he was uh, he you know from '96 to 2011, he 
He served a total of 10 years on the on the Kings coaching staff, primarily under Adelman, Rick Adelman, and then again under Paul Westfall. Those are the primary people that I think we all remember him working with. And I joined the beat when 2008. <coughs> See, I don't think I'm saying that I'm still sick. I'm really not. It's just every now and then I uh, have a little cough show up. But joined the beat around 2009 full time and coaching with on the staff and getting to know him was indeed one of the treats of the job that hurt so much about <clears throat> Coach Carrill. I remember when I was uh, back in 96 when I was, man, I was in high school when Princeton pulled off the upset of UCLA in the NCAA tournament. You know, we all know that Princeton nearly upset a number one seeded Georgetown team that had Dikembe Mutombo and uh, Alonzo Mourning as a 16 seed. So Princeton, you know, he made his definitely made his impact in college, 13 Ivy League championships, college basketball Hall of Fame, Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. But, yeah, I'm kind of rambling about Kochi. So let me get back to, you know, like I said, getting to know him those years on, you know, those early years on the beat, you know, hearing him talk about basketball if only he could, you know, just uh old school unfiltered style but I think in a lot of ways we don't I believe in Sacramento he always got credit but I don't know if we even even I knew the depth of the credit he deserved until a couple about a about a year or so ago when I wrote my um Chris Webber Hall of Fame story and talking to Chris about just kind of what you know the time in Sacramento meant to his career and talking to Chris you begin to learn essentially that if not for uh Pete Carrill Chris Weber may not be a Hall of Famer and I say that no joke and I'm going to read to you uh what Chris told me about Kochi when I talked to him for this story and why, you know, it's no stress to say that Pete Carrill is a big reason why Chris Webber is a Hall of Famer. Uh, you know, uh, kind of take you back down memory lane a little. Remember when Chris arrived in Sacramento, it wasn't exactly where he wanted to be. You know, there was a... And it was also in the late 90s at a time when guys like Webb Big power forwards, you played in the paint, maybe you stepped 15 feet out or so, but you definitely were not stretching the floor, you know, for the most part, especially a guy as talented and as gifted as Webb was offensively. You know, the idea was that you were not going to waste his skills throwing him on, you know, having him stand away from the basket when he could score on the paint and will, basically at will. But Weber began to have conversations with Kochi, and those conversations led to some of the best basketball Chris ever played. And I'm going to read you this quote that Chris said about about uh, about his time there. You know, about those conversations. He goes, that's back when he would have his one or two cigars a day. He told me, people are going to criticize you here. 
We talked a lot about criticism. We talked a lot about being quiet and learning to laugh at yourself. Laugh at the rumors. And one of the rumors is going to be you're soft. No, oh, somebody put that again. One of the rumors is is going to be you're going to be soft because you're not going to be in the post. People want to continue to say you've got to be a big brute in basketball and basically they're basically they're saying you have skill. And then final thing on that quote, Weber Thicker told him, you're going to change the way the game is played. And moving Weber to the high post, allowing him to show off his his decision making, his playmaking, his passing, know that jump shot he had and just orchestrate things up from the high post along with Lottie Divots did help change the game. I don't know if those Kings teams gets the credit they deserve for how they were ahead of the game in terms of spacing and clearing out the paint and doing those type of things. I know Mike D'Antoni gets a lot of credit for that. I know the Warriors get credit for that. But those those Kings teams in terms of passing, moving, cutting, a lot of that was coaching and a lot and the way that offense allowed uh, Rick Adam to highlight the versatility of Chris Weber and Vlade and you know later on Brad Miller would come through but still this is um you know what I think I said I think it's not a stretch to say that Chris Weber was a Hall of Famer because of Pete Carrill so I just wanted to share that story and just kind of remind everyone what coaching meant, not just to Sacramento, meant to Sacramento. And I think, you know, if you've read any of the stories that have been out today, we all know what he meant to the basketball community as a whole. Just because there's been plenty of tributes. I know over at The Athletic, we had a couple of uh, things posted, kind of uh, giving every, reminding everyone just how important Kirill was to the college game what he did in the Ivy League all those years, you know, putting scares into some of the basketball giants because those teams were just so disciplined and they ran that offense to perfection. And, you know, that, that UCLA team that lost, that was, that, that was the defending national champion, UCLA Bruins. And I remember that just because there was so much talk about how UCLA was in trouble drawing Princeton in the first round. And if UCLA wasn't, you know, on their game, they could lose that just because um, of the way they ran that offense. And it proved to be right. So it's been a, you know, it's been a rough last year plus or so for the Kings, especially the Kings from the uh, <coughs> Adelman, Weber, Vlade, Peja days, uh, lost Wayne Cooper who was Jeff Petrie's uh, right-hand man, so to speak, in the front office, lost Kochi. Uh Some people around there, guys like Randy, who was uh, one of the people, if you were at uh, Arco, and then later Golden One, you knew Randy. Just, uh, you know, it's been, it's been some, um, some loss in the last few months, year plus for those of us who have been around the Kings, know the Kings, so... If I just didn't, today does not feel like the day to get into breaking down what Mike Brown's staff looks like and what keeping Lindsay, Lindsay Harding means in the big picture. You know, just, just not really on my mind or my heart to get into all of that. So 
terms of basketball, that's what I wanted to talk about. Uh, schedules coming out soon. To me, the release of the NBA schedule is one of the most overhyped things that's going on. Shocker, the Kings will not have a Christmas Day game. Yeah, I know you guys all held your breath for that. But even then, I don't really have the kind of the the desire to really, you know, even rail against those who schedule release watch and make a big deal out of it. You know what? Hey, do what you got to do that that keep the uh, the family of Pete Carrill in your thoughts and prayers, you know, and like sincere thoughts and prayers, as Kendrick Lamar said on his lab last um, on his latest album. Thoughts and prayers are way better off timelines. Just don't type it. If you're the type of person to pray or just have thoughts, think about uh, Kochi's family. Think about someone like Jeff Petrie, who was extremely, extremely close to Pete Carrill. Helped bring him to Sacramento. I didn't reach out to Jeff. Uh, Jeff's kind of gone dark on terms of us media folks. <laughs> you know, last time I reached out to him was for my Weber Hall of Fame story. He pretty much told me, hey, Jay, nice to hear from you. I don't do interviews anymore. So <laughs> he just is not really into that these days. So, but, you know, he, uh, Jeff was a guy who, like I said, it was, you know, very close to Pitt Kochi, played for him in college, uh, about that Jeff was a first round pick out of Princeton. So clearly the uh the uh tie was there, the connection was there. And so yeah, just think about all that stuff when you're thinking about Kochi and the Kings and his family and whatnot. But I'm gonna shift a little bit, uh getting some hip hop. I got a lot to say in that regard, but before I do that, I'm going to share with you all a message from our partners at DraftKings. You know, I need to actually step my game up in terms of getting on the app myself. I'm not a gambler, but I watch plenty of WWE and I'm seeing you could make wagers on things like, I guess, you know, WWE related stuff. So maybe that'll be my entry into the world of gambling. I don't know. It's not really my thing again, I said, but. Without further ado, let me stop rambling about me and my lack of gambling and tell you uh, that college football is back. As a Cal guy, Cal grad, I don't know what that means for me. I know the Pac-12 will not exist the way we know it in the next couple of years, but (laughs) it's time to enjoy the tradition, the fun, the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. To celebrate the best time of the year right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. If that's not enough action, you can also place a same-game parlay for a shot at an even bigger payout. Just combine multiple bets into one, like which team will get the win, which team to score first, and more. And being a cow guy, like I said, I don't know what I would put down on the same game parlay. Am I allowed to even do that as a grad account? And that, that like, frowned upon by the NCAA. I don't have any direct connection to the program still. But I guess, you know, if I were, I could, you know, bet on will they score first, who, you know, 
Will Cal get a sack before their opponent? You know, that type of stuff. I mean, hey, it might, it's something for me to consider. You know, we'll see. But just know that DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Now, ain't that cool? But here's your call to action. You know what you got to do? You got to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 and older to be eligible in most states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for terms and resources. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee red line at 1-800-889-9789. In New York, call 1-877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y at 467-369. One per new customer, minimum $5 deposit and wager, 200 issued as $825 free bets. Now, let's get back to the show. Okay, everyone. Uh, <coughs> last Friday. <coughs> wow. Excuse me. Like I said, I promise you the tests were negative. This cough is just won't go away. But and last Friday, we had a, you know, a rush of some new hip-hop drop. Megan Stallion. Uh, gave us some music, but I want to talk about this new game album, Drillmatic, Heart vs. Mind. Gave us nearly two hours of music. Nearly That's right, nearly two hours of music from the game. And most of it's pretty damn good music. And the game can be very polarizing with a lot of people. For one, for one I'm a fan of the game. I love his music. You know, but... He does have, as we would, some people would call his antics, you know, the starting of the beefs, you know, whether real or imagined. Uh, some of the, the, the stories he tells, people would say are either, no exaggerated outright lies. I was watching, looking on, uh, well, I just come across this on Instagram today, 50 Cent talking about that there was a rumor or someone said the game said he wrote. What if gangster are off of Get Rich or Die Trying? You know, the whole debate over which songs 50 did or didn't write for him. Whatever the case may be. But what I want to talk about from this album is that for all... There's a lot of good music. I love the song with uh, Pusha T and 2 Chains. Uh, I love the song La La Land. I love the song Ops. I mean, there's just so much music on here I like. But... What's got the internet talking and buzzing is his song, The Black Slim Shady. It's over 10 minutes of him rapping like Eminem, mimicking Eminem's voice and cadence to diss Eminem for 10 minutes. Okay. I'll be one of the ones to say that one of Game's talents is that he can really adapt to different styles of hip-hop, in essence, take on a different style. And he does this on here, you know. You know, he uh, kind of uh, does his own play on the Jay-Z's you know, Rockefeller song, Change the Game. He does a playoff of Thuggish, Ruggish Bone. From He does that a few times on this album. But this, it just, 
I just don't really get this whole thing with Eminem. It really reeks of jealousy. You know, and I'm all for hip hop beefs in terms of, let me, let me clarify that. I'm all for competitive hip hop. If you think you're better than M, which Game does, you think he said on Drink Champs, he used to think that M was better than him. He doesn't think that anymore. Okay, that's fine. But it feels like Game is begging Eminem to respond, and Eminem won't, which seems to only get Game to be more determined to keep going at him. And number one, uh, like I said, to me, this beef is really about the fact that the white boy, Eminem, was part of the Super Bowl halftime show and game wasn't. And I'm going to say this about that. The game should not have been part of that halftime show. That show was a show that featured crossover mainstream superstars. And as much as I like the game, um, Joe Blow, non-hip-hop fan, does not know who the game is. But they do know who Mary J. Blige is. They do know who 50 Cent is because they probably watch Power. They do know who Eminem is. They know who Snoop is. They know who Dre is. That game is not that type of star. Number two, if you got a beef with someone, just go at Dr. Dre directly. Not kind of like half-assed dissing like you know, you're doing that. This, ten, this song that was it's eight minutes too long. And, I've, and I'm not a fan of these two-minute songs. Usually I'm like, yeah, we did not need ten minutes of you trying to sound like Eminem. Or sounding like Eminem. I did, we didn't need that. So I'm like, if you want to go be mad at anybody, be mad at Dre. Dre decided who was going to be on that show. So be mad at Dre. Why are we making this all about Eminem? You know, and Eminem, quite honestly, doesn't need to do a versus. And probably don't want to do one. Not much less with the game. And... To me, the game is too talented. This album really is too good. And that's saying a lot the album is good considering how long it is. Most of our attention spans aren't ready for a two hours worth of music anymore. But it's he's too good and too talented to waste 10 minutes of music going at someone who seems to have no interest in beefing with him. There's none. And even some of the, the disses in the song are kind of played out, you know, no one ever played Eminem and who's in their car bumping Eminem. I never heard Eminem in the club. Eminem ain't black. Okay, we, we know all this. And as someone who was in college when Eminem dropped, I'm going to push back at this notion that no one ever played Eminem. It's not true. Black folk was, was bumping Eminem. Unless I'm, unless I don't count, cause I am black and I played Eminem a lot in college. I'm, my black friends played Eminem, so I don't know where this whole idea that no one ever played Eminem came from. But that's neither here nor there. The fact is, the the game gave us a great album. I think I just don't get this obsession with Eminem. Like it's like it's been going on for months, and M has said nothing. It's like, come on, game. Keep giving us good music and move on from this. No one, we don't need, we don't need this. You know, it's, it, it just reeks, like I said, it reeks of jealousy. And the game has given us so much good music over the last almost 20 years. 
He needs to. He has no need to be jealous of anyone. It's got a hell of a catalog. Even I'd even hear your argument that the game's catalog, top to bottom, is better than fifty and M's. I'll hear that argument. But did we really need a ten-minute diss of a guy who's not even acknowledging you? You know, if someone, I don't think we need it. I think the game is better than that. I think the game can be above that. But then again, the game has made a career out of doing stuff like this. I mean, I was looking back at some of the guys he's beefed with. Most of them, I didn't realize he had a beef with at any point. I was like, I forgot about the whole Meek Mill thing and Yuck Mouth from the Loonies. Of course, we know about 50. Yeah, I, I had forgot about some of this stuff. Joe Button. I listen to Joe Budden's podcast. He don't like M, so of course he was all in favor of this, even though he was mad at Game at that long, was a year or so ago about when Game was talking about he had sex with uh his his at the time I believe it was his fiance. But hey, do you? And all that said, I would still recommend this game album. Hey, if you got a long drive, got a long workout, it'll get you through it, you know. But you might just skip the Black Slim Shady and get to the next track. I believe it has Chris Brown. It's really good. So that's all I got for y'all this week. Uh, shout out to the Basketball Pal Cat Bot. Tongue tied right now. Shout out to the Basketball Podcast Network. Thanks for listening. Shout out to DraftKings. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Underscore Jason Jones. You can find me on Instagram at Mr. Jones LBC. You can find my writing at The Athletic. I ain't writing about the Kings much at all anymore, but I did write about this new Lakers series on Hulu. Got some other things coming out about uh, the Untold series on Netflix, uh, about some more sports documentaries, and some other exciting things I'm looking forward to getting out to you in the near future. So, again, I am Jason Jones. This is the Ruler of the Court podcast, and I will catch you sooner than later. I don't think I have to travel anymore. I'm not, I'm not on vacation anymore, so... I will catch you guys all sooner than later. Guys and gals, I don't want to uh, discriminate. Yo, everyone be be good out there, be safe, and I am out.